0: Hello, everyone. I'm Aspet Bedrosyan, and I'm here with Hovig Mancharyan. We're going to discuss a case of a ruling party official essentially bullying a journalist and a media outlet into silence through the Armenian court system. In Dikran Avinyan's civil court case against 168AM, Hayrivatsun Utejam and journalist David Sarksyan, the judge has decided to freeze $46,000 of the defendant's assets, which is an unprecedented development, according to the Union of Journalists in Armenia. Avinyan alleges that the media outlet slandered him by publishing a video that says that he is one of a number of the newly enriched in Pashinyan's close circle of ruling party cronies. In this segment, we're not so much interested in the allegations, either in the video or in the suit, but as a media outlet ourselves, we're interested and concerned about the effect of such legal action and the resulting court response on the media in Armenia. We're joined by Rupen Melikyan, who was formerly Artsakh's Human Rights Ombudsman, and prior to that, he was Rector of the Justice Academy of Armenia. In 2019, Melikyan co-founded and currently leads the Path of Law Iravagan Uri NGO. Welcome back to the show, Rupen. Thanks for taking our questions
1: today. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Hello, Rupen. Rupen, the case is still ongoing, obviously, and the verdict has not been issued. But is it normal for a court to come down with harsh punitive measures like this before a verdict is issued?
1: Well, this issue is not new in Armenia. There are cases not related to media and other vulnerable institutions where this kind of issues happened in the past. But this is the first time that this kind of issue happens with media. So it can be deemed as punitive measure. So, there is an institution in our civil code which uh, gives right to the judges, uh, first of all, to the applicants, to the plaintiffs, and secondly, to the judges, to apply the freezing uh, mechanism. But the judge should carefully kind of investigate, not investigate, but look at the case and uh, should see what kind of public interests are involved in that case. In this particular case, there is very important public interest issue connected with normal operation of a very popular me- media outlet in Armenia. So 168.AM uh, is a uh, media which is headed by the head of the Union of Journalists, uh, journalists of Armenia. Right. Uh, so that's not uh, the last media in, uh, in our media atmosphere, let's say. Right, Satik
0: so, Sayranyan uh, is uh, head of Saeranian, the Journalistic right. Union.
1: So taking into account the, the considerations of of that kind, I would say that uh, this is an unusual issue, unusual uh, measure that was taken by the court. And one of the reasons that this is unprecedented is that I personally took part in many cases uh, like this. So. The cases where the slander, when uh, alleged defamation issues were uh, uh, arose uh, from the applications of the plaintiffs related to the ruling party, but I I don't remember any case that the plaintiff um, asked the court made an action of uh, freezing the operational budget of uh, of media of journalists. By the right. way, also he is very famous. One David Sark yeah. is one of the
2: young leading uh Jordan. Ruben, in fact, uh, in fact, my question was re- specifically related to that. The court action was in response to Tigran Avignon's demand, exactly, uh, which was to freeze the assets. And you know, note that, that there is also there's an absence of demand. Some say that the demand could have included maybe taking down the material temporarily. Do you believe that? immediately going to this demand of freezing assets, is that normal, and is that goodwill litigation? I don't think lit- so. Litigation, or is it… I don't think so. Formally, uh, the, the plaintiff has right to
1: ask the court to freeze the assets. So uh, formally, it's uh, within the uh, boundaries of law. But the practice is that in such cases, in cases like this, I haven't heard that any plaintiff asked the same to the court although I had many cases like this, you know? So what I'm saying is that this is unusual, not because it's contrary to law to ask the court, but because it's contrary to established practice. And the second issue is that when asked the judge, the court should have rejected that request, you know? So the court always has right either to grant or to reject the request like that. And there are many cases where courts are rejecting requests of the same kind in
2: unrelated cases,
1: in unrelated cases, the cases which are not related to
2: the media. Do you suspect uh, administrative pressure being applied on the court to act in this manner? I ask because recently, I believe in a government session, Nikol Pashinyan talked about his circle and and government officials being more strict with cases of alleged uh, defamation. You know, do you think that statements like that or any other actions by this uh, government could amount to administrative pressure?
1: Well, uh, in order to understand what the situation is in the judicial branch of our government, uh, I would say that a governing body of the judiciary, of, well, for for United States, let's uh, say that it's it's like Supreme Court, right? So we know how the Supreme Court is uh, formed and what are the criteria of becoming a uh, Supreme Court justice, right? In, in Armenia, the, the equivalent of that, the so-called Supreme Judicial Council, is uh, composed of five uh, specialists, let's say specialists, uh, so far, according to the Constitution, which are nominated and elected, uh, appointed by the parliament and five judges, elected by the judges themselves. So all five, all five now, uh, the so-called specialists, are in larger or narrower uh, sense connected with civil contract, with Nikol Pashinyan's party. And the head of the Supreme Judicial Council, Karen Andriasan, is the former Minister of Justice, one of their major uh, party leaders. So that governing body of the judiciary has all the instruments that they can use against judges. And in this situation, it's very, very probable that they could have imposed some pressure to the judges because they have that opportunity and there is a practice of dismissing, of of going to so-called disciplinary proceedings via the same Supreme Judicial Council and uh, uh, dismissing the judges.
0: So, Ruben, freezing the entire operational budget of a media outlet is essentially... Silencing them. Is this action by the court illegal or unconstitutional? Does it encroach I on the rights of the defendant or, or, or David Sarkisian in any way?
1: I would not uh, say uh, that it's uh, either legal or unconstitutional because I didn't read the decision. But if the decision is what is enforced, so I would say that it cannot be constitutional. It cannot be constitutional because it's a direct attack on freedom of speech. This is my personal opinion. I'm not involved in the case. Very high rank specialists are involved. And I believe that they will use all the measures that are available to the parties to have this decision revoked. Well, the idea is that if any plaintiff, not notwithstanding the situation, any plaintiff is going to court, and uh, he has some uh, hesitation—not hesitations, but doubts—that if the uh, court uh, decision will be in one year, two years, the subject of the uh, of the matter uh, will no longer be there, or the enforcement of the decision cannot be done because of financial issues. They have right to ask the court, to request the court to uh, freeze, to make some measures, including to freeze the property. Uh, so that was, in fact, what happened in this case. But this theoretical issue has not been a theoretical instrument. It has been applied many times in different cases. For example, there is a, a dispute over uh, real property, right? And in order to not let the, the one who um, has that property in his or her possession and not let him to sell the property, the plaintiff can ask the court to forbid selling the, the real estate. And that's perfectly normal. So this this issue, the, as in Armenian, we say, is very frequent, is very often a used tool in civil uh, procedure. But in cases which are involving the media and which are cases involving with this or that uh, position, article, or other media activities. Uh, this was an unusual thing. In- indeed, it's I believe is the first time. So okay. that is
2: the legal part of it. Ruben, I'd like to zoom out a little bit and talk about the effect of external factors into all of this. This regime has been criticized by opponents going as far back as the initial days of the so-called revolution in 2018. Uh, we remember the cases of surrounding the courthouses in 2019. We remember when this regime attempted to criminalize insults and later it had to do, decriminalize them due to international pressure uh, and many other cases, which I don't want to go into the details. But in general, some would say that the international criticism against this regime's attacks against media has been very muted, to say the least. And after all this, international NGOs have only slightly degraded Armenia's rankings in the World Corruption Index, for instance, for one of them, one of the measures. Critics would say that the West and the NGOs are still treating this government with kid gloves. Pashinyan, in turn, for instance, has blamed the media themselves for causing the downgrade through uh, negative reporting. But I wanted to focus on one specific detail. As recently as last week, USAID allocated over 17 million in support of Armenian media. Now we know that traditionally, many of the recipients of such aid are, you know, which which political camp they belong to. So I wanna ask, what is the role of international organizations, uh, the civil rights watchdogs, the NGO community at large in Armenia, enabling this kind of behavior and have you seen the NGOs, the civil rights community, for instance, criticize Pachinian regime appropriately for this latest incident?
1: Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, the context of Armenian governments uh, and international human rights organizations relations is very far from human rights issues. My personal opinion, like opinion of many other people in Armenia, is that international large stakeholders pardon many wrongdoings of Armenian government because of larger political, let's say, scenarios or agenda. And uh, this is one of the examples that human rights issues are not as pure as they were or seemed to be 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, and they are. Closely connected with political issues. So, if even 10% of what this new government, well, not new, it's already five years, the government of Hashinyan has done and is doing against uh, freedom of speech, against independence of uh, judiciary, against other fundamental rights, against the right of uh, fair trial. Uh, right of freedom of liberty, uh, freedom of uh, security of people, so not to be arrested uh, uh, voluntarily. Uh, so all these issues, even 10% of what they do had been done by the previous regime, pre- previous government, I don't even imagine what would happen with reports uh, of various international organizations. Statements would be there and other leverage would be uh, used. So I believe that the main reason is political agenda, the political agenda uh, where still Nikol Pashinyan is, um, many people in the West have uh, have hopes in Pashinyan in, and, and his government's broader uh, policy, let's say geopolitics.
0: Rupin, specifically about this one case, uh, the USAID $17 million, in your experience, do we know what this support looks like? What does does, quote-unquote support mean? Uh, Where does this money go? Uh, Because one thing that came to our attention, according to some metrics, $17 million is more than double the amount of all of the advertising revenue of this industry in Armenia.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're right. I can only suppose uh, based on the previous uh, experience that that money could go to the uh, so-called NGO sector, the NGO sector which is accepted by the West, the NGO which partly or even mostly can be described as government uh, NGOs, so um, gongos, government, uh, uh, it's a term, right, gongo, so gongos which are Governments have control over that NGOs. It's one and second, uh, directly connected with the current government.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for joining us, Ruben. Uh, we appreciate your time.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Love it. Bye-bye.
0: Okay. That was our show. We hope you found it informative. Please find us on social media and follow us, like us, subscribe to us, and so on. You can find our links on our profile pages. Thanks, and talk to you soon.